Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Cheershot Radio Network in conjunction with TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads. You know you're thinking about it. You know what's on your mind. It's mania season. It's mania week. Your Super Bowl is upon you. I believe it's a fortnight. I think a fortnight is 48 hours, right? Yeah. Mania is a fortnight upon you. A fortnight's two weeks. I think a fortnight is two days. No, it's 14 days. Two weeks because there's a fortnight at Wimbledon every year. I think it's actually 15 days. Okay, cool. The bottom fucking line is... Well, I mean, come on, you're pretty far off. It's not like you were like, it's a dozen days, and Andrew and I would just look at each other and go, ah, that's close enough. But you said two days. It's two weeks. Okay, I fucked up. Let's not dwell on it. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. We have something for everybody. We've got my personal fave, Jesus Did the Job, Save Tag Team Wrestling, Baron Corbin sucks because I'm sure he's going to be at Mania in some capacity. Save Tag Team. I said Save Tag Team Wrestling. Hashtag journalism and many, many other cool designs. If you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, make sure we are able to keep providing that content you love so much day in and day out here at the Chair Shot. And the best way to do that is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot and picking up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. And if you type in the promo code WrestleMania, you might get something off. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. I am joined by the Commissioner PC Tunney and the returning, my brother, Andrew Belaz. Greetings and salutations, Drew, and good to see you, man. 
good to be back, buddy. How's everybody been? Well, did you listen to last week? I mean, I think most of the country listened to it because you weren't exactly quiet. So regardless of downloads, the uh, the audible aspect of it was pretty clear. Yeah, I had some things I had to get off my chest. Tony, how you feeling, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Uh, we, you know, busy day today. Uh, I'm glad the, the alcohol is here. Shout out to Stone Cold. We'll get to him shortly and his broken skull. Hell yeah. Goodness. Hell yeah. There you go. Hell yeah. That ain't that good. Nothing. Yeah, it wasn't that good. Okay, can you do better? I didn't. I didn't attempt. You did. Yeah. But can you do better? I didn't. I didn't. Once again, I didn't. Didn't attempt. Okay, so if you can't do better, you have no reason to talk shit. I could do better. So do it. But you're I not. Mean, Simon Cowell made his entire career off of just judging people when he couldn't do better. So you can. It happens. Well, he actually had an ear for talent as well, though. So there's that. Plus, have you noticed that about Americans? Uh, you're only, you're only slapping yourself in the face here. Shut up. British people can say whatever the fuck they want about Americans. I just like, get Americans. it out there. That's not... What? British people can say whatever the fuck they want about Americans and point out how stupid we are, and y'all just lap it up, and they end up making a billion dollars off of it. Who's y'all? Like, you ain't American all of a sudden? Whatever. I'm from Wakanda. Says the guy that listens oh, to okay. every second Wakanda of Mag's podcast, right? Says the guy who's infatuated with. Or depends yeah. on the person. This ain't fucking coming to America. You can't bring that Wakanda joke up. What about you? <laughs> Come on, Chris. You're, you listen to Mag's every day. You love British people. No, no, I love British people. Are you kidding me? I could listen to them, to them read the phone book for seven hours. No, I just wanted to shout Depending out. Depending on the British person, sometimes the way they talk sounds like the phone book too, though. So hey. <laughs> Let me. Uh, can, I, the- can, can I pull the curtain back? I've actually thought about reading the phone book for one edition of Chair Shot Radio. Are you going to use an accent, or are you just going to do it Tony style? I was going to. Well, I don't want to tell you how I was going to do it. I have a specific plan, actually. But I mean, I, we'll see if it ever happens. I did, from the man that brought you wind chimes, you know, uh, an anthology to, for death for a reason for death. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the conversation, but yeah, it's an idea. It's out there. I, you know, if you can accomplish that, you—I mean, you pretty much licked it. I mean, we sure. talk about shit, so I mean, if y'all want, we can get to topic one. Did you want to? Do you have a phone book? No, I don't have a phone book. I don't have a goddamn phone, let alone a book of numbers that I'm going to call. Do you remember In when you, said book? What did you do with the phone books when you got them when you came home? They were always sitting outside the door and everything. Did you throw them out? Did you use them for something? Honestly, for the most part, they propped up if you had like a table that was a little wobbly. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. I grew I've up with a grandparent, though, so they still used them because, you know, old ways. I learned in college there's no reason to have a landline phone because the only people that call you are telemarketers and bill collectors and I don't want to talk to either it's very true what do you think the percentage of people now that still have a landline that aren't a business how many people are alive over the age of 50 okay all right yeah because that's the thing the boomers I'm I'm sure most of the boomers still have a landline so I would say probably about 
30 to 40. My parents are divorced and both remarried, so there's two sets of married people that are over the age of 60. No landline, either place. That's fair, because my mom's in her 70s and she doesn't have a landline, so maybe about 20 to 30. Okay, alright. Very interesting conversation. Let's get to wrestling. Hello, everyone! Welcome! To the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time, welcome to WrestleMania! All right, just wanted to let that play in the in the background there. To me, the most iconic WrestleMania theme music of all time. Uh, shout out to Mania Madness. Check that out tomorrow, final edition. Chris Platt, great job, my friend. Something we can use and go back and listen to it's it's very timeless so and thank you to everybody that helped out and participated gentlemen wrestlemania 37 let's start with this there's going to be a pay-per-view on this weekend with fans Uh, how you feel about that i'm excited i mean everybody heard my rant last week i'm lukewarm about the build and everything that's going on surrounding it but at the same point in time it's mania and they're going to have fans there and I'm going to be excited when I wake up Saturday morning to see Wrestlemania I mean this is the Super Bowl it is what it is I'm going to tell y'all like this though if I was a performer not only do I want to come out on night one I want to be the melon farmer that comes out on match one because the two performers that come through that curtain in the first match after it's been over a year where we've had fans there oh those fans are going to go ham melon farm and cheese burger and that energy is going to be very palatable so I I wouldn't want to do that I would want to open the show personally no I agree with that assessment that whoever goes on first is going to get a ridiculous pop and they should feed off the energy and it should be good I mean we all, we all know how I feel about WWE and the build and just the product in general, so I'll catch some of it. I'm not going to sit through the whole thing. I'm not going to sit through the two days. I'll pick and choose a couple matches here or there, but you're full know. of it'll, shit. You're, it'll no, be no, interesting. You're, you're full of shit. You're telling me at 7 o'clock on Saturday or whatever the fuck the show comes on, and you're sitting at the crib chilling, eating your little chicken wings and Taco Bell. You're telling me you're not going to go to Peacock and turn on WrestleMania? Yeah, because I don't know anybody who has Peacock, and I wasn't even purchasing the network when it was on the network. The beauty of sharing in logins, so I don't have somebody that shares Peacock. I don't give a fuck. So yeah, no. Mm-mm. I will. I will find matches how I want to find them in certain ways, nefarious means. Even if we do end up getting a shirt like that, there, there we go. Because I know Greg or Tony's been talking about that for a while. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a couple matches. I'll pick and choose. Like, I don't have patience for that product. You do realize that Hulu doesn't just have live sports, right? You do realize I don't have Hulu either. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) You're full of shit, man. You can't tell me you're not, especially if you're just sitting at home and you don't have a whole lot going on. You're not going to pull up WrestleMania. It's fucking WrestleMania. Oh, no, I'm telling you I'm not, especially because, let's see, I'm not having a get together with friends because you know the whole quarantine stuff and people are still worried about it so we're not having the big get together that we usually do and if there was no get together I wouldn't have watched it the last five years or so so yeah mm -mm, no 
Let's so change the conversation here. Home by yourself let's and, let's let's oh, change. Oh, oh, I, no, no, I'm moderating here because this is going. All right, no, you no, 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 give me one second. Just one second. So you're telling me you're just going to sit at home on a Saturday and watch Kong versus Godzilla, in, in, as opposed to WrestleMania. Maybe. Or, you know, Justice League is probably going to last as long as fucking uh, WrestleMania, and that'll probably finally give me some time to watch that. Fucking so you're going to watch... Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you got more faith in Zack fucking Snyder than Vince McMahon. That's where we at right now. That's where we're at in your psyche. I have That's more wh- faith in Zack Snyder in 2021 than Vince McMahon in the last decade, yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Say what you was going to say, Tony. Okay. <laughs> Let's look at this from a different perspective. Because the interesting part to me, the most interesting part to WrestleMania is how are things going to change for certain runs that people have been on, right? Because now you're going to get fan reaction. Where fans are just... And it's not whether they react negatively or positively. It's whether or not they react and that's always been the key to longevity for people within the WWE. So how is it going to change? Because for a while it's going to be wonky. You're not going to really know whether they're reacting just because it's their first time there and how to how to react to their reaction. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say right now? How is this going to work out? I agree with you, and that's going to be interesting to see. The only thing that I know for certain is that Bobby Lashley is going to be cheered. Other than that... I don't know how everything else is going to go over. Because, like, the matches felt different. No, the matches and the shows did feel different because the fans, even though they're quiet and they're not allowed to make noise because they can only clap and stomp, they can't actually cheer out. Like, you could tell the the performers were more excited and they were putting on more of a show and getting some kind of response back, be it a clap or a stomp or maybe an ill-advised shout before the usher came over and been like, yo, dude, shut the fuck up. But, you know, it, it, it made a difference. It did. And it was nicer to see a half-full arena, a third-full arena, whatever it happened to be, instead of just empty arenas. But American fans are different. American fans like to get themselves over, and they don't necessarily react to the product. So I think you hit the nail on the head where if the product is getting the reaction, that's the important part, and it's not beach balls and just stupid shit and memes just to you know, do it because you can because it's the first live wrestling show in, you know, a year because of quarantine. No, I, I agree, and obviously that first match when they come through the curtain, everybody's going to be excited for that, so it's going to be interesting to see if the fans will just be happy to be there and be willing to be fans as opposed to trying to get themselves over or if they disagree with the direction or whatever WWE is saying and they're going to voice their displeasure with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how this is going to go. It could go two ways. How I think it's going to go is that this mania is going to be super hot and then ultimately after that we'll start to kind of, probably even by night two, we'll start to kind of get back to where the fans are the fans. It, you talking about on, on this side of the pond. Let me go back to Andrew here and okay, you said you're going to you're going to try and find something. So, is there anything that is going on that is catching your eye or your ear that you're paying attention to that's happening at WrestleMania this weekend? What's what's the couple things that you might be actually paying attention to that you're enjoying? I definitely am enjoying the the Bobby Lashley aspect. McIntyre and Lashley, that's obviously something that's interesting. 
the Bad Bunny situation with uh, Damien Priest, Miz and Morrison, that's entertaining because Miz and Morrison are just entertaining and Bad Bunny seems to be getting over very well. Can we talk about painting the Bugatti? Can we talk about that real quick? So, like, everybody who thinks they took actual paint and painted this Bugatti and that that wasn't just some red substance that they took a very gentle spray hose to afterwards that rubbed right off and, 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 and you know, took a baby's diaper and went back over and dried it off. You're 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 lying to yourself. There's no way you do that to a three plus Who million dollar car. Who thought that was real paint? I mean, some people. I mean, you know, we the people we complain about all the time. That's the part that pissed me off, though. And I, I I'm assuming that's his actual car, and nobody wanted to pay to have it repaired. And I understand that. And maybe the repairs would have took down the value, but that was clearly working paint. That wasn't shoot paint. They, yeah. That was clearly work paint. Well, we got tell it was. We got a work. We got a working when, title. When Bunny took the, when Bunny took the fucking bump, they went into the fucking what the black uh, Miz and Morrison car that was next to the Bugatti. Yeah. Because if you were really trying to be a dick, wouldn't you throw the guy into his own car, after you just yeah. defaced it anyway? So yeah, yeah it's it, obviously work in paint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was work in paint because I'm thinking, and maybe this is just me showing my age and being an old school wrestling fan. I'm like, yo. Break out a tail light, you know what I mean. Put some real paint on that motherfucker. Maybe that tail light seven hundred thousand dollars, like that. But I get it. You don't want to value the car because that was his actual car. So I, I get it. And I mean, it's only so far we can go. I, I'm not mad because I, I like Bad Buddy. He cut a decent promo on Raw, and from all accounts, he's been at the Performance Center working and trying to get this mm. match together. So. I'm not a fan of his music, but I understand that he is extremely relevant within pop culture, and he's taking this seriously, and he seems to be having the time of his life. I fox with that. Oh, yeah. And you can tell how serious he takes it when he puts his, what, $3.5 million fucking car on the line in case something stupid happened. You never know. Dumb shit happens. It's a live show. So, but you never know. And he still drove it in there, and he's just like, yeah, have fun with it. Like, you know, it's like, okay, you got it. There's a lot of trust there that, you know, they were going to do it right. And, you know, even if you think Miz can't wrestle or if he's boring, he's pretty safe. You know what I mean? Like, no one's ever accused him of being reckless. So. Well, he's very safe, but that's why Morrison is in the match to try to. Because they they announced that on Raw, that they went back to the tag match. But that's why he's there, to try to Mm -hmm. make it a decent match you know because oh, he's morrison's I, there to put priest over like fucking you know anything priest yeah, is huge he, morrison's gonna take bumps for days miz doesn't bump that well you know what i mean so but i think morrison's gonna the be the bump glue. guy but he's the glue we're oh, saying yeah, but he's thing. also the bump guy yeah you know you were saying the same thing but yeah, miz, miz and exactly bunny are probably gonna have most of their stuff together it's gonna be character driven it's gonna be bunny's comeback or something like that and morrison's just gonna be there to make priest look like a fucking monster yeah, but he's the glue because mm-hmm. he's the guy. He's the best worker of the match by far, and he's the guy to try to make this yeah. come out as a decent match. Like we're saying the same thing, just differently. That's all. Night one, Bobby and Drew open. Sasha and Bianca close. Question mark. I think it should so. be that. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think all that's right. the fair way to do it because you know yeah. Roman and the he- triple threats closing the the second one, so. Even though the bill to Sasha and Bianca has been hot garbage. So I don't think the match, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a good match. I, and I'm biased because I love both of those women. And Sasha's one of the best workers in the world, male or female. But the build that 
the build is not worthy of a Mania match. And this is why it pisses me off, because they're not doing it because they had a hot feud going in. They're doing it pandering, because it looks good if you have the women main event one of the nights of WrestleMania, you know? And I feel like these women deserved a better build. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what was going on. Yes, this is a main event caliber match, but the build leading up to that match is anything but main event. And I, and it pisses me off because it, it's pandering. You didn't put these women in the position to have a hot-ass feud to say, okay, they deserve to main event. Even though they deserve to main event, does anything that I'm saying make sense to anybody right now? It does. They they deserve it based off of their resumes, though they're not making it seem like they're getting it off of resume. They're making it seem like they're just checking a fucking box and, you know, pandering. No, that's to what it. they're doing. Like, their resume. No, no I know. I, I'm bitch, just saying. They're, I, we're saying the same fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. You asked if I understood it, and I was saying, yes, their resume is conducive of getting a, a main event. But the way it's being portrayed is more a box check than actual based off of merit, which, you know, they they do deserve it, but it doesn't necessarily seem that way. I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. And I'm the first one to say that Sasha is probably the best worker out of everyone from the, the four horsewomen of WWE. Sasha's only problem is that she bit, she bites off too much sometimes. Like, she couldn't do a suicide dive to save her life because her feet always got caught. Uh, what a couple weeks ago she couldn't do a fucking tornado DDT because she slips and like almost kills herself so like Sasha has this tendency to get ahead of herself and real sloppy so I'm hoping that she keeps it in check because Bianca's young and she's still a little green even though she's really athletic and really good but I hope Sasha doesn't try to take it one step too far and then just make it into a fucking joke because Sasha has a tendency to either have a banger or get banged up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just going to totally ignore what you said. There's going to be no... Am I wrong? Am no, I fucking wrong? No, you're, there's not going to be any Sasha Banks slander because if, if, if the if woman's not fact, Asian... If it's slander, buddy. No, no. If it's fact, it ain't slander. If the woman's not Asian, you rate them differently. And that's Lies. a fact. No, Rhea that's Rhea a fact. Is fucking box office. She's as far from Asian as possible. I didn't say box office. I said wrestling. Oh, she's a great wrestler too. What What do you want me to say about Rhea Ripley? She's fantastic. She's Give, you know, and I, she, you know, I love Rhea Ripley. Look, she, no she actually knows how to put a match together. She puts people over well when they have to go put over, get put over. She's not really dangerous. She hasn't like super screwed up any of her moves. The only person Sasha is a danger to is herself. Period. But she puts on bangers. Disagree. Just saying. <clears throat> Who is she hurt? Who's Sasha hurt? Besides Paige, but that was. <laughs> so, so is Samoa Joe not a safe worker? Is Samoa Joe not a safe worker? Is Samoa Joe not a safe worker? Would you would you feel you think Samoa Joe is reckless? Samoa Joe hurts himself in WWE. That's not even the same fucking thing. That's what I asked you. That's not what I asked you. Is Samoa Joe reckless? Not really. No. No, I mean, yeah, and he ended Tyson Kidd's career on a free accident. That's why he, he can't even sell me. And he ended Tyson's career on a free accident, man. Shit happens. Shit happens. 
what night is uh, has consistency of being fucking sloppy is what I'm getting at. She can't oh, go through she, a tag match without fucking up a tornado DT. She can't do half the fucking dives that she wants to do because her feet get in the way or something like that. She's five foot nothing and she can't fucking get through ropes. There's a problem there. Shut up. Your skull cap's too tight. What night is Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens? Is that night one or night two? That's night somebody... two. That's night two. Okay. I'll get okay. to that. So my last question okay. for night one is who's going to have a better night? We, we te- we're, we're speaking of the most petite figured to now the biggest figured. Omos or Braun Strowman? Better night one at WrestleMania. Almost. Omos? Almost. Omos? Omos. Almost. Almost. Yeah, almost is going to have the better night. Almost? Almost. O-O-M-O-S? He's not almost going to have a better night. He is going to have a better night. There you go. You got it. was waiting. I was waiting. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's going to keep up with gold. That's got Styles and almost winning written all over it, right? That's what I'm saying. Almost is going to leave out with gold. That's why he's going to have a better night than Brian. Yeah, one might end up with a win, but who the fuck cares? <laughs> you called me stupid. Shut up, stupid. Or have you looked in the mirror, you dumb fucking looking piece of shit? <laughs> Brian Strowman. If he would have got bullied that much, he wouldn't have went into law enforcement. Because y'all know that's how that works. But he wasn't really getting bullied. Y'all know that's how that works. What lies have been told? <laughs> No lies detected. Yeah. Good. yeah. Let's move on to night two, and we'll start where Platt wanted to start off with. Did you want to talk about the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens? We we got Logan Paul involved. Uh, Sami Zayn showed up to a Logan and Jake Paul uh, workout. So those are your celebrities. So out of the, we've done the last thirty six manias on Mania Madness. Make sure you check that out tomorrow. Pop once a plug once again. But uh, this is our celebrities this year. It's Bad Bunny, who tons of respect for. And what do you think about Logan Thomas coming or Logan Paul coming in? Sorry, Logan Thomas. He's a tight end for the Washington football team. WTF, WFT. I mean, one of those Pauls, and I don't know which one, but they drew a million dollars at a at a boxing match. His younger or a million, not a million dollars. They put million Nate Robinson yes. to sleep. Nate Robinson. No, no, Jake no, no, Paul. No. I'm not talking about Nate. I'm talking about before Nate. They drew a million buys. Oh, one of them, Paul. Logan, Logan Paul had a, a fight against a, a rapper. I forget his name. And it drew a million buys. Yeah. So I mean, they're whatever. Say what you will, but these melon farmers are box office, man. It is what it is. I don't particularly care what the fuck the Paul brothers got going on, unless it's Cliff and Chris. But they're a draw. It is what it is. Hi, I'm, <laughs> hi, I'm Drake from State Farm. The newest one is the best. Let's talk about those commercials. Have you seen the newest one where Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are sitting there with Jake from State Farm, and they all have a stand-in? And for Rodgers, it's that guy with the long red curly hair who wore the cheese head on the old commercials, and Mm -hmm. they dressed him up like him, and he looks back at Rodgers. He goes, hey, hey, Rodgers, I'm you. And Rodgers is like, you couldn't bring anybody better than that. And and then uh, Patrick Mahomes is like, well, check out who they got for me. And it's Paul Rudd wearing the same thing and he goes back to throw the football and it comes out of the back of his hand and Rogers goes, yeah, well, that makes sense. And then for Jake from State Farm, you have Drake from State Farm who tries to say the line with Jake like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But Jake reminds him that stand-ins don't say anything. So he goes about it the Carlito way, holding an apple, biting into it while Jake delivers his final line. Pure genius on the marketing side of the game and a wonderful commercial in my opinion. 
I mean, if we're just talking about things involving Aaron Rodgers, is it not also pure genius how Jeopardy. the in Jeopardy last night when the champion decided to just go out with uh, the wrong answer of just be like, you know, whose decision was it to kick that field goal? I'm glad and even Rodgers uh, had to take a beat on that one. Yeah, he he uh, actually he smiled and said that that should be the right answer, but unfortunately today it is not. <laughs> uh, so Rodgers is very comfortable in his situation. What do you guys think? I mean, I would retire after this season and go host Jeopardy full-time like that's how much i love the show but i mean think about that career move you can host jeopardy for the next 30 years of your life with a minimal schedule for a lot of money instead of getting hit how by about, gigantic 300 pound men how about you just ride off into the sunset you've made a, a shit ton of money and go bang your beautiful fiance what's wrong with that apparently yes, that's but what, if you could that's host jeopardy happening. and do all of that what's the problem I mean, touche, yeah. touche. You're gonna be a lot well, out LeBar of Hollywood Burton's a lot job. anyway. That's LeBar Burton's job. Y'all just haven't realized it yet. Or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Or Neil deGrasse Tyson. One of those two. I like LeVar Burton better. Or Rogers. Neil deGrasse. He's he's charismatic. I don't need the host being smarter than the guests though. Like that's a little off putting. Don't think Alex Trebek, R.I.P., was smarter than most of the guests. I think he was more clever, but he never—he didn't necessarily know like fucking thirteenth-century Greek architecture, you know, fucking in an Arabic language. You don't know, you know. But you, you know what know. I mean, like. I, I know, man. I'm being ridiculous, a fucking topics. A lot of columns. Like, oh yes, I know I, all about that. It's like a lot wow. of arcs and columns. I know, I'm being a dick. Yeah, arcs and columns and shit. Yes. <laughs> but regardless of what you think about this build, and if you want to hear what I thought about this build, you can listen to last week's podcast. Speaking of builds, yeah, speaking of builds, that's awesome. Great segue. Again, until you ruined it. But earplugs, you'll still hear it anyway, trust me. <laughs> I'm excited that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are finally going to get a WrestleMania match. And I'm going to tell y'all like this. If you give these Melon Farmers 15 to 20 minutes, they'll mess around and steal the show. The entire weekend, but do you think they will? Ten well, minutes that's at the most. Ten minutes at so most. Probably, do you think uh, we're going to get an ROH match between the two, like the El Generico, Kevin Steen type thing, or is it going to be like Nakamura and Styles, where everybody had all these Wrestle Kingdom thoughts in their head, and then what we got was a couple shots to the dick and like meh and memes, and then it was over. Did you guys see? Uh... Uh, Adam Pierce tweet out his tweet that showed the roster of ROH back in the day with everybody that was on it. Did you see that? No, not the one you're specifically telling me. Yeah. I think it was from 2005. It was it was everybody. I mean, it was you know uh, Styles, Joe, Homicide, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, Tyler Seth, Black, Seth Rollins, yeah. CM Punk, Tyler I mean, Black at the time. Yeah, yeah I get exactly. you. Uh, Jimmy Bro- Jacobs is probably part of that at the time. Yep, Brody Lee, uh, Cesaro. Bre- Mm-hmm. Prince Nana was probably part of that. Sorry, Platt. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I thought you were going somewhere with that. Oh wow! Are Thanks. You? That was it. We just. I think he was just using the ROH that. type because of the whole generic Osteen kind of mention. So oh. he, had, he had to get it in there, which I appreciate because so you know I'm just gonna say fuck ROH because so... I didn't forget about my gimmick even though I've been gone for a couple of weeks. But I'm glad you put him over a little bit. Thank you. That that's really so... good of you, Tony. So there was no salient point to be made. I mean, it's ROH. Is there ever a salient point? I made one last week. The fact that they don't have a consistent time slot? 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I said it better. Uh, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hope they do get 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, speaking of ROH, uh, one name that y'all forgot, and I'm going to butcher it. Cassidy. The dude that was in the tag team with Chris Hero. Claudio Castagnoli, which is Cesaro. Thank you versus Seth Rollins. That's that's another one that the, if they give them fifteen or twenty minutes, they could go out and steal the show as oh, well. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. The bill, yeah, but I mean these guys know how to go, man, and the women. These men farmers know how to go. They can put on good matches, and they're going to be hyped to just be in front of crowds again. So hmm. I, I think this mania is actually going to be pretty good for that reason alone. And to just tie up how I started all of this, if they are all good, then yeah, you'll catch me watching the whole thing at some point. Maybe not live. But if I get that kind of report back, or, you know, there's enough scuttlebutt that everything was good, then I might just end up watching the whole thing. But I don't have that, uh, that trust, because you know, there's certain shows lately, you know, one match is good, the rest are garbage. You know, and that that's across the board, not just WWE. Now, not just to bury them, because, you know, that that's not how I roll. It's just, it's been weird the last year or so. So I can't really trust that one show is going to be consistent throughout. I want to touch on three things at the least here. Maybe a quick back and forth between you guys. So whoever wants to jump in and start first on, we already talked about it, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Quick back and forth. It's going to be a damn good match. And if Rhea Ripley doesn't win, I think there's a problem. Because if you, you know, you brought it up yourself that, you know, you want people to react. What would get a bigger reaction out of the hardcore fans, which are probably most of the 25,000 that are going to be there, than the crowning of Rhea Ripley, so to speak, in, I guess, what you could call, like, one of her debut main roster kind of matches, since they drag their feet on bringing her back up. So, it, it's a big thing for her. And Asuka's been champion for a fucking while, and it's not like there's a problem with having her lose to Rhea, who's a fucking beast, and it's going to be a good match. So, crown Rhea. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, because, I mean, Rhea's been treading water since last year's Mania when she lost to Charlotte inexplicably for no reason. (laughs) Inexplicably? Inexplicably. You are despicable. That was one of the best matches of the two nights last year anyway with Rhea and Charlotte. And you know I'm not a huge Charlotte guy. So, I like, I give her a lot of credit and I gave Rhea a lot of credit. They put together a good fucking match. No, so that was the best quote-unquote match. I'm mm-hmm. not including the cinematic stuff. That Hands down, that was mm-hmm. the best match. But they haven't been doing anything with Rhea since then. I don't know why she lost, especially since Charlotte was going to take some time off to fix whatever happened. So... Yeah, I agree with you. This is a great spot to really jumpstart Rhea, and we'll be off to the races. All right, gentlemen, talk to me about Randy Orton versus Pizza the Hut and whether or not Bo Dallas is involved in this or not. I'd rather not. Yeah. I mean, I have to care to want to talk about it, and it's like the best thing about the whole Pizza the Hut storyline is Alexa Bliss has owned her character and really evolved it nicely, and she's adorably crazy and doing a little bit of the Harley Quinn with psychopathic shit and it's it works and she's just a great character actor you know what I mean and she's gotten better as a wrestler too so like 
she's the highlight here. And you know I'm not going to shit on Randy Orton because he's the only thing that brings me back to WWE 90% of the time. So I hope he can pull a decent match out of, you know, gimmicks galore, but meh, we'll see. It's not his fault. He's been cutting the best promos of his career the last 15 months. But, and I alluded to this last, I didn't allude to this last week. I talked about it last week. These mother farmers set each other on fire. Randy Orton done burnt your house down. He tried to be up your woman fiend. And we're going to settle this feud with a catch-as-catch-can wrestling match. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing after we set each other on fire. And you Randy killed- Orton sets a lot of things on fire, though. That's been his thing. He needs to bring back Burning My Light as his theme song. That's that's the problem. But you killed me! And, but all of this is going to be wrapped up by a wrestling match. Yes, we're going to collar and elbow tie-up. We're going to do headlocks. Mm-hmm. The garden <laughs> stomps are going to keep the fin down. Don't you know these things? And the winner is going to win via a small package or a schoolboy row-up. And that is how we're going to settle this feud where we have set each other on fire. What are y'all doing? I'm, I'm not I mean, you're, that's an assumption. It's, it's fiend. So, for all we know, Fiend is going to pull out the big fucking gimmicked fucking baka mallet that he has, and he's going to, like, go to crush fucking fucking Randy Orton's skull like some Roger the Rabbit kind of shit. The lights are going to go out, some big explosion's going to happen, and then Randy Orton's going to be, like, teleported to a different dimension. And then we're not going to see him for three months. Yeah, because wrestling's done well recently with explosions. That's I cool. mean, WWE would probably actually know how to set things up to explode. Let's talk about let's talk about well done. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. Let's talk <laughs> about the last thing I need to get to here for WrestleMania. And it's obvious the main event here. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Edge. I'm glad it's triple threat. Personally, I don't mind that. I think it could be a better match this way. I think my whole thing is I, I need Roman to hold on to this belt for the next two years, literally. I need him to win here. I need him to go in and beat Brock Lesnar at 38 in Dallas with the whole Paul Heyman, who, who you got storyline. And then I need him to lose the title at 39 to The Rock. And I think it's the best thing WWE could do. You have two world titles. The only way I see that I understand that what I'm saying doesn't make sense is if Roman is going off to do something. Right? And, and, and they can't, on the Hulk Hogan side of the game, keep it on him while he's gone or not. Uh, give me your reaction to that long-term booking and specifically more so pay more attention, not to me, but to this year's WrestleMania. I love it. And this match, everything you said, I agree with. And this match is going to be phenomenal. I just can't understand, and maybe one of you gentlemen can clarify it for me, how Edge is the heel and Daniel Bryan is the face. That makes no sense to me. Wasn't it the whole... Okay, now this, this is going to show the whole fact that I kind of keep a cursory view of WWE. But didn't Daniel Bryan accidentally hit Edge and try to apologize it away, and then Edge just kind of costed him the match and kind of was good old uh, opportunistic rated R, fuck you, I'm going to spear you because you, you uh, annoyed me kind of way. And then it's built from there. I think they when have you a... hit somebody if somebody hits you in the head with a chair. I I'm think... just 
Is that not the dynamic they were trying to portray, that Daniel Bryan accidentally did it and was apologetic, and then Edge just didn't accept it, so went after him? I think they're playing all three points of the new spectrum, right? It used to be you're a good guy or you're a bad guy. Now there's there's like seven points on it. Your ultimate bad guy, your ultimate good guy, and then shades of gray in between all the way to the tweener. And I think they want Edge to play that role because personally, I think if Roman holds on to this belt, which he should, then you can have Edge be the heel against Daniel Bryan through the whole summer. And they can have a number one contender match at SummerSlam after this big feud, and that can move on to Survivor Series to face Roman again. I mean, you can really set yourself up for long-term booking here. Some old-school stuff that actually keeps people interested in storylines in the WWE. No, I agree, and I think mm-hmm. that's what they're going to do here. They're going to spin Roman, or excuse me, Daniel and Edge off. But this is another thing that pissed me off about this build because this storyline has been told extremely well, and everybody has a point. You know, what I mean, I'm, 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 you know, overview. I'm saying Edge. I don't understand why Edge was turned heel and Daniel Bryan is the face, but big arcing storyline. Everybody has a point here. And this is Mm -hmm. what pisses me off about the build throughout the rest of the card because clearly when they want to, they can still tell compelling and interesting and nuanced storylines. But in this particular one, I'm Edge, right? I left, what, 11, 10, 11 years ago. Had an injury. Mm -hmm. Worked my way back. Got another career-threatening injury. Worked my way back. Into the Royal Rumble. At number one, so that means I literally had to outlast 29 other superstars, including Daniel Bryan, to get back to this point, to the point where I can go and reclaim my title that I never lost. I never got beat for my title because I had a career-ending injury, in quotation marks, at that particular point in time. I didn't lose my title, and I did all of that to come back and fight for my title. And here comes this little spider monkey motherfucker. You lost in the Royal Rumble. You had your opportunity in the Royal Rumble. You lost. You had your opportunity at Elimination Chamber. And yeah, it was fucked up. You had to come in first. You wrestled a 40-minute match. Roman came out after that and beat you immediately after you just wrestled a 40-minute match. That's fucked up. But you lost you have another shot at Elimination Chamber. You got in my way. You hit me with a chair. I'm going to feel a certain way about that. I did what I had to do. But the fact of the matter is, yes, Roman Tapp, but you lost and you're still sticking your goat face nose in my business. Which, all you had to do, yo, all you had to do was ask. Once I get done with Roman and reclaim what I never lost, I have no problem giving you an opportunity at the title. I ain't got no beef with that. But no, you keep interfering in my business, and I'm pissed off. And that's why I hit your bitch ass with a chair. Now, from Daniel Bryan's aspect, I get it. He got screwed every way along the way. I I get all of that. But this is why this is such a dope storyline, and this match is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I can't disagree with how you framed it. That's perfectly fine. I mean, I would like for 
Tani's booking to make sense and work out with the whole Roman holding it for a couple of years and just being dominant and going through Brock, going through Rock. Only thing I could see screwing that up is the fact that you don't make it a triple threat unless you're trying to protect somebody on the finish. And I don't know if this is to protect Edge because they don't think he can work a full match after the Orton situation where he got injured during a cinematic, basically, because it was pre-taped and edited. Or if this is to protect Roman in a loss where he just doesn't eat the pit and somebody shows up to screw him over, maybe Brock Lesnar shows up as a as a thing and F5s him and they spin off into their own poly dangerously kind of fucking feud while you know Edge or Brian end up getting the win and then they, they spin off into their thing so that's kind of where I'm at with this is that there has to be a reason you make it a triple threat I just don't know who they're protecting and if Roman holds it that's awesome I agree with Tony that it should last a, a while because it's really not likely he loses to anybody straight up one-on-one, especially with Heyman in his pocket. So, a triple threat makes sense. It's a perfect time to take it off of him and not really make him look weak. And if you do something like the Lesnar thing, which just popped into my head, that's a perfect thing to dovetail into, like, SummerSlam or something like that to give him a feud or to give him a big thing to work towards and then work towards getting the title back. And maybe that's Brian's swan song run right there. Like, maybe he wins at this one, holds it for six or seven months, whatever, and then, you know, he's going to retire next Mania or end of the year, whenever the fuck he's supposed to retire. But maybe this is the way they get the belt on him for the retirement tour. Yeah, I think Daniel is in there to eat the pin because he's Teflon. That's plausible, too. Yeah, yeah. if he if he takes an L, it, it's not going to hurt him whatsoever. He's 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 a made man. And Isn't then that I, the I think good thing they, about the build, though, is that you could kind of make an excuse for any three of them losing as long as there's something that builds through the storyline? Well, this is, uh, like I said earlier, man, this is what pisses me off about WWE, because when they want to, they can still tell compelling stories like what they've done here. I'm legitimately looking forward to this match. I just wish they would have put that effort into some other matches up and down the card. Fair enough. Let's get to something WrestleMania and WWE. It's WWE with with a little adjacency added. Hold one, arm drag. Hold two, arm bar. Hold three, the moss covered, three handled family gradunzel. I still got 200 more. I got 200 more holes to lift. Chris Jericho will be gracing his presence on, will be gracing, I'm sorry, let's start over here. Chris Jericho will be gracing the Broken Skull Sessions with his presence. A WWE Network show now on Peacock, as we've mentioned here already. I want to start with you, Andrew. Do you agree when Greg DeMarco said that this just proves that the WWE and AEW are not in the same business at all completely like it also proves the fact that what Jericho said years ago was true when he was just talking about the new Japan deal was you know Vince was just like cool do your thing like you know kind of gave him the okay and then you know Austin apparently called Vince about Jericho and he's like that's a good idea go go for it have fun so like AEW's petty AEW defends stupid shit like 
demographic ratings and Khan runs people down and flags fucking things and he's just he's such a child and he's such an immature bitch on Twitter that you could tell they're not the same they're not owned by the same minded type of person they're not in the same league this is this is really the difference between like a minor league baseball team and a major league baseball team because even the worst major league baseball team is still run better than the best minor league team so I, I don't know it's interesting I also like the fact that I think they did like a 45-second bumper on the WWE YouTube where uh, they had Jericho and Austin kind of talking about, I think, what? like uh, He gave him like a bullet, like a lightning round thing. He's like, all right, top two favorite things. And he goes like matches and tag partners and stuff like that. And then he mentioned WWE people up until tag partners because then when he got to tag partners, he goes, show and Sammy Guevara. So they didn't edit that out they didn't you know do anything funny to it he actually said the names so that proves in another way that they're okay with making mention of people that are on the opposite brand because they don't see it as a threat it'd be the same way as if 10 years ago they were talking about somebody in tna do you think vince sees even the tiniest competition as a good thing maybe missing what pushed them to be such a dominant product in the attitude era I mean, it's competition that drove them to their best period ever. So why not say, hey, it may not be competition to me. I'm not worried about it from a business aspect. But the guys that are working and gals that are working for WWE sure as hell recognize when there is better stories and better in-ring action happening on other promotions. No, because Vince is not a professional wrestling promoter. Vince is a businessman. He just fleeced Peacock for a billion. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the billion that he fleeced Fox for. Well, yeah. Lest we forget the 600... No, hold on. No, he's Lest up to 11.5 billion. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's up to 11.5 billion. Regard, let him speak. Let's, just regard he's on the low numbers. end. You're this too low. You need to raise Stop those it. numbers. They're higher. You Do, do the flossing oh. dance because we're not talking about Fortnite. Let Chris get to his point. And it, don't, don't argue semantics. Go. The numbers <laughs> don't matter to the point I'm making. Yes. Lest we forget the six hundred and fifty million that they're well, getting. Give me the extra eight and a half billion. Okay, fine. Go get the shit. I don't give a fuck. Just let me make my goddamn point. And the what forty fifty million they're getting for NXT. He doesn't give a shit. There is no competition in his point. And I know that his eyes were raised because there was another lion or competitor that stepped into the lion's pit or den or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But you see what's going on over there with Tony Cantana, and there's going to be a handful of people that get that reference and understand what I said, and that's why I made sure I threw it in there. But he sees that there's no competition whatsoever with what he's doing, so it doesn't matter. And you know Jericho is going to try to put AEW over, but it doesn't matter. And shout out to Jericho because he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do, right? Like that that. I feel like Jericho is the big winner here because he literally oh, yeah. can do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And it's going to be an interesting conversation because you know Stone Cold's not going to shy away from the obvious because Stone Cold don't give a shit because mm-hmm. he's independently wealthy outside of WWE. Yes. So he can say what he wants to say and ask the questions he wants to ask. And I think this is going to be a very, very entertaining and interesting Stone Cold session. The, the only slight disagreement I'm going to have on what you said, because I, I, I agree that they're in a different business and Vince is a businessman, doesn't see it as competition. 
But I think he's smart enough to understand that even if he doesn't see it as competition, there's plenty of other people that do. And it's still going to fuel something. It might be good enough to get him an excuse to set something up or whatever it happens to be. But the fact that there is a little bit of a push, that's always good for business. You know what I mean? Like whenever there's, be it sports, if there's a new dominant team in the division or something like that, that motivates everybody to get a little better the next year. If, you know, it's business, you know, there's not always just Coke and Pepsi. There's always the third one that shows up and then they get beaten down. So it's like at some point, even if you're too big to fail or even if you're in a different stratosphere, when people come nipping at your heels, it's kind of cute. It's kind of nice. And it does kind of it kind of sparks some interest. It kind of sparks some excitement back into a product that's been stale. So this could be exactly what they needed, because if Mania goes off well where there's good matches because you're in front of people now finally and you know that you know people that order the tickets especially because there was limited amounts like they're going to be more of the hardcores there's going to be a bunch of AEW mark stand-ins that are just going to be waiting to like chant AEW or Young Bucks or bury WWE somehow as soon as something happens and if they shut them up or make them look stupid for trying to start that chant and then what goes on in the show is just fantastic then what 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 line what leg where where do the fucking you know IWC morons have to stand against it at that point and that that's fun that's a that's a power play it's a power trip whatever you want to look at it and even if Vince doesn't really care he's got too much of an ego to really ignore it completely like well, he's still he's still a petty motherfucker so you know he's well, going to play in that like his name is Richard if you get my drift <laughs> no that's funny but that's why and, and I'm sure it was on his radar initially, which is why he threw the C squad out there on Wednesday nights to <laughs> kind of give a litmus test and see what was going on. But now he sees there no competition whatsoever. This shit is like the Harlem Globe Trotters versus the Washington Generals. That's that's how far apart they're. In. They're not even playing the same sport at this particular point in time. But on Tony Cantana's mind, he's thinking that in his head that there's some way somehow that WWE and AEW are going to be able to do business together which of of course that shit ain't going to happen because he's the forbidden door don't you understand like if Khan makes it happen like if Khan thinks it it can happen like it's just he's like living in his own little Disney fucking wonderland you know if he thinks happy thoughts and he clicks his heels together whatever the fuck you want to use like something's gonna happen we're just magically gonna have Cody in there against Triple H or against Roman and Cody's gonna win and it's gonna be great right you know what you know what the forbidden door is for Tony Khan the back door (laughs) that no the bride (laughs) and that's me saying this that's the forbidden door. <laughs> and I'm going in now, man, because I want this shit to work, and I thought it was going to work, and I was excited about it, but God damn it, he's fucking this shit up. Why don't you shut the fuck up, go get Jim Ross? If I was in Tony Khan's position, number one, I'd put the straw down. <laughs> pregnant pause. And number two... Hopefully he's not <laughs> drinking while pregnant. That's a problem, man. That's a whole different mess. You know exactly what I was saying. I don't do, I? but we're also filling time because we've got an empty chair on the other side. So I didn't no, want I you to finish your thought too soon. So I had to interrupt with something moronic. It's been three weeks. I, you know how this goes. I, I literally <laughs> said pregnant pause. I was building. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I don't understand why this motherfucker doesn't have Jim Ross be his shadow. I have a consigliere, and I'm not a billionaire. Why wouldn't you have Jim Ross as your consigliere? Like, that's the guy that has the most wrestling knowledge that you legitimately have access to. Why wouldn't he be your shadow and you be talking to him and chopping it up with him before every decision you make to try to make this thing work? Because there's a hell of a lot of talent down there, and they're fucking this shit up. Hell, yeah, it's got to be a hell of a lot of talent down there. These Mellon Farmers employ 6,658 professional wrestlers. <laughs> well, that's why they've got, like, two YouTube shows that last longer than their fucking TNT show, because they've got, like, 15 matches of, like, Jobber 2 versus Job Squad 3, and it's just, you know, fantastic, and that that's where their, their mid-carters can pick up their wins, you know, where that nobody watches on YouTube, because why would you have nationally broadcasted television if you're going to put five hours of TV on YouTube? Yep. But the bottom line is Vince clearly surveyed the land, surveyed the situation, does not see AEW as a threat whatsoever, which is why he's going to have their top guy on his network. And if I'm Tony Khan, quite frankly, I would have said no, because if you had half a brain, it would have pissed you off because you see that the big dog ain't worried about your chihuahua ass. That shit would have pissed me off. Maybe I'm tripping. You know, Do you I think he can say no? Not to Jericho. Jericho, what if Jericho put Jericho that can into do his, whatever he his wants. contract? Jericho can do whatever and he that's, wants. That, and that brings it full circle to what I said in the beginning. Shout out to Jericho because he can literally do whatever he wants. He right. can do whatever he wants. All right, hot, hot, hot take, Chris. Who's the better used car salesman, Jericho or Jeff Jarrett? Which one's your goat in the business right now? Oh, God damn. <laughs> See, I remember shit. I've been gone for a minute, but that doesn't mean my memory went too. Jericho, or excuse me, Jeff Jarrett, it's got to be Jarrett. With all due respect to Jarrett. You're still giving Jarrett the, the nod? It's a close one, though, isn't it? it yeah, you goddamn right it's close. And it, it got even closer with Jericho finna be on Peacock, a.k.a. the WWE Network. It's mm-hmm. a lot closer. It's just hard for me to say anybody's a better finesseman or finesser than Jeff Jarrett. You'll we'll come across the opinion of putting him ahead of Jared after Jericho does his final run in WWE and is inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame because that's that's his finish to Jericho's wrestling career it's not AEW but Jericho's a better talent than Jeff Jared and look at everything that Jeff Jared has accomplished <laughs> I mean Jericho's at all time Jared also yes, booked and- himself for a lot of those accolades so yeah, which and, and he had to find some money from somewhere, right? And Chris Jericho also has one of uh, has a globally successful rock band in his back pocket as well. True. Jericho, Jared's wife is hotter. Okay. And you want to move on to topic three? I mean, if you want to argue with someone, we'll, argue we'll, with we'll, Andrew because we'll, I don't play fair. That's the that's the diss track. Eagles gonna come out. I hit it first. On the Ray it J could. side of the game, it'd be like that that Macho Man be a man Hogan, you know that that whole rap album. But it's gonna be Angles. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, Angles gonna I be hit like it first Curtis. Yeah, tell me <laughs> tell me how my dick tastes. <laughs> that that's the Shaq remix right there. Tell me how my dick tastes. Like I, yeah, I'm with her now, Curtis, and I still got a neck. Topic three. <laughs>
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Alright gentlemen, let's touch on this briefly. The WWE had their Hall of Fame inductions for the class of 2020 and 2021 right there on Peacock. The very first, well the very the very second streaming thing on Peacock, but the very first thing streaming on Peacock since the WWE Network RIP to the WWE Network. Never going to see that again. I think I've expressed that to people. But speaking of the Hall of Fame, what are your thoughts mainly on the 2021 class? We're, we're not going to get to the 2020 class because we talked about them last year. And kudos to all of them, well-deserving and glad they got their time in front of the camera. Mainly thoughts on the 2021 class. But first of all, I want you to both touch on what you've heard about production-wise from this taping uh, edition of being able to watch a Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Because to me... It was hard to watch. It was hard to get used to. And I don't understand why they couldn't have put the superstars out in the crowd. I know they didn't have a crowd, and it was just the the fandom thing, and it felt pretty cheesy. It always feels cheesy. Did you miss two-hour stories of nothing and people droning on forever about the heyday? My favorite part of WrestleMania the hall uh-huh. of fame part is the reaction that the actual superstars and the people that are in the business have to the stories and comments, the people up on stage are making to me, that was the best part of it. And we had none of that. That's, that's where I'm going with this. I guess I should have been a little clearer. If you look at it from that perspective, I get what you're saying, but from a, viewer consumption perspective that they kind of parsed down the speeches and they they didn't have long blown out inner like uh, introductions and stuff like that that's easier like 
we don't need like everybody to drone on for 40 sure. minutes about a tag match they had in 1984. I like, get that, but you had more time spent listening to the current talent backstage giving stupid, dumbass fucking promo interviews about the talent and adding their character in on it on, on top of it. You had more time with them talking than you did the people inducted into the Hall of Fame. Isn't that a good thing? That's a travesty. And if you're not there for it... Isn't that a good thing? Because everybody complains whenever WWE does an old-timers event that they overshadow the new talent. So the fact that the new talent got a little bit of time to talk and get their character over, is that not a, a net gain? That's what or the other just because it was that's so... What the, that's what the other 364 days of the year are for. I mean, says who? It's WWE. There's no criteria to make it into the Hall of Fame, so there should be no criteria on how you, you handle yourself. So we're going to make up a lot of time here with this topic, okay? Yeah, I feel like it's number, almost over. Yeah, <laughs> number one, the only thing that made the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony palatable to me was marijuana. And seeing as how I haven't smoked marijuana in... And seeing as how I haven't smoked marijuana in over a year, not saying I won't smoke it again. As a matter of fact, I will smoke it again. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, man. It's just situations and circumstances. It's just where I'm at. I don't know how cool people are, and I don't need motherfuckers calling the cops on me. You know how that goes. No, that's fair. And I'm in a candles, buddy. And I'm in a well because I don't smoke in the house, so I'm outside Uh, and I'm in I'm in somewhat of a uh, I don't want to say what ritzy or more affluent area and I don't know how cool everybody is gotcha you know what I mean yeah but yeah that's what it was number two shout out to Molly Holly and I'm glad that she got her flowers because not only was she a phenomenal wrestler a phenomenal talent from all accounts she seems to be a decent human being as well and in this industry that's very rare Number three, and I'm going to bring this up because I don't know if the listeners to this also listen to Mania Madness. If you're not, you need to check that out. It's phenomenal. But the funny thing to me is that you can always tell which wrestlers are doing well and which ones are struggling on how their suits or their tuxes fit. Okay. So, uh, so who had the most issues in uh, in your book on the the way you saw the Hall of Fame inductions this year? So, the NWO they seem to be doing all right. Rob Van Dam, it's borderline because I'm looking at the cuffs. Like this, this is the thing. Hold on, this is the thing. When you got sleeves on your suit or your tux. You gotta let the cuff show. Now you don't even have to have cuff links, but if if the if the shirt isn't poking out of your suit, that's a bit of a risk. I think you're, if you follow you're not, Van Dam's Instagram or Twitter, you'll know he's doing just fine. You're not you're not looking at affluence being like personified in a suit. You're looking at caring or not about wearing a suit, and that that's the difference between the four gentlemen in the NWO and Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam doesn't care how he looks in a suit. Those other four guys did. That that has nothing to do with how much money Rob Van Dam no, has. No, no, no. You, you telling me Coco Beware is doing good? 
I thought you were talking about this induction ceremony in oh, particular. No, I'm, 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 I'm making an overall sweeping statement. I can't I actually like remember the suit Coco Beware suit works. Coco Beware cares more about how he looks in a suit than Rob Van Dam does. Rob like, Van Dam's in that Marshawn Lynch level of he's just there not to get fined. No, 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 because... no, no, no. Tony's not wrong, and Rob uh-huh. Van Dam is literally, and I mean this quite literally living his best life yeah and okay good you, you do know all right that's good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's all we need not say more no yeah. you don't have to oh. if you don't know follow him on instagram or twitter rob van dam is fine <laughs> rob van dam's doing better than all of us true yeah <laughs> i'll say i enjoyed kane i i and i'll say i enjoyed wow okay I will say I, that's not working out for me at all. Kane, uh, you want to try again? Possibly a different language? I'm going to skip the I will say. <laughs> oh, I say? did it there. I did it there. I did it there. English? <laughs> what are you, Kali? I got that word. Subtitles. sucks we can't have subtitles because it's an audio thing. But yeah. We could. The listeners would not get it, though. That would be fun. I don't think the listeners. I don't. I don't think half you motherfuckers understand the shit I be saying. Because if you did, I don't think you would disagree with me as much as everybody does. But continue. I thought Kane was the best part of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, he gave a great speech. They let him, you know, blow the fire up at the end. So kudos to him. Uh, that's where I'm at. I-, I hope we get fans and, you know, wrestlers in the audience next year. Real quick, man, can I sing something and y'all don't get offended? You can try. Oh, yeah. I, I, I should have told Tony to pull this clip, so I'm just going to sing it. This is Rob Van Dam right now. <clears throat> I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you niggas. I'm living my best life. <laughs> Smile, bitch. Smile, bitch. All right, and on that note, we're going to take a break. Yeah, yep, yep. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Do we need to have a conversation, Chris, or is that something you're trying to talk about off air? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. What I didn't know if you didn't want me to let you talk more or not, or what was going on there. You you look mad at me. No, I was just making sure y'all knew what I was talking about, man, because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Well, I, that's that was what, good. Smile, I went, bitch. I went to smile, a, bitch. I, smile, bitch. Come on. <sighs> smile, bitch. This is for you. Come on. Chair Shot Network. Let's move across the big blue sea. Not the pond, but the big blue sea. As we head over to Japan, because something very major happened. I think we had a very unexpected title change. Andrew, were you surprised that Ibushi lost that title so soon? Honestly, a little bit, but... In the same respect, Ibushi wasn't really doing much with the with the belts. Like he kind of has not pr- 
proven himself to be a main guy the last few months. And Osprey's been their hand-picked gaijin of choice. Like, Okada picked him out of England, basically. Brought him into chaos. And he was elevated as basically the junior ace behind Kushida. And then he started putting on some weight. Did the never thing. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that Osprey's been on the rise. And Osprey winning... It's a good way to legitimize the United Empire. It's a good way to legitimize a lot of things. And he's the first ever British-born, you know, IWGP heavyweight champion, world or otherwise. So, it there's there's a lot of stuff that if you just watch the dots, it connects pretty nicely. And he's changed his style. He's a much more tolerable wrestler. And now, Ibushi can go back and figure out what the fuck he was missing in the last couple months because he went from being one of the most exciting and electric wrestlers to hollow and boring and. I was really, really hating everything he was doing. I'm biased. We know that. If yeah. you listen to this show, you know that I, you know my thoughts and feelings about Kota Ibushi. But is it really his fault? Because I feel like Naito suffers from the same thing. Like it's like Naito never even had a title reign. It is not his fault because. It's not his fault. The whole world came to a screeching halt last year. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. And I, and I feel like Naito and Ibushi, they suffer from that same thing. And obviously, we saw that they were strapping the rocket to Will Ospreay before the world shut down. So it makes sense. But this is the bullshit I was talking about last week when it came to Ghetto and him hot-shotting this belt. It, this is literally the shit I was talking about last week. It's, yo, man, you learn nothing from here in the West and why wrestling here in the West is, is, is as cold as it has ever been in the history of wrestling in the West. I feel like he's just repeating, at this particular point in time, he's just repeating the same mistakes that we made out here, which made this shit cold as ice. And... Uh, at this particular point in time, I'm just waiting to see what the added, because since he's just rehashing Western concepts, I'm interested to see what the attitude era is going to look like in Japan at this point in time. Because I don't know if y'all know this, but they have pornography where the women are getting fucked by tentacles. It's like, it's some Trust real me, the IWC weird, knows that. Like, it's some... You're you right. It's some... <laughs> weird crazy shit so I'm just interested because again and I I said it twice I'm going to say it one more time since Ghetto just seems hell bent on rehashing western concepts and shit that fucked this shit up over here I'm interested to see what the attitude era is going to look like in Japan that's an interesting concept I get what you're getting at I I think the reason why things feel hot shoddy is because, like you mentioned, there were six months off because of COVID. And if you believe what Jericho said, you know, a few months ago when he said he was over there and Ghetto said that he intended to put the strap on Evil at some point, and that's why Evil had the, the match against Jericho anyway, probably to help build his overall brand and overall, you know, cachet in the company. Yeah, the God problem... Damn. 
lie. And I'm not saying he didn't intend to it's put plausible. You don't it's, know. It's wrestling. It's, Everything's a work bruh, until it's not. I get it, you, but you you know what it is, man. This motherfucker, they lost so much traction because the whole world shut down. They needed to do something to get the wrestling world talking about them again. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was hot shotting this shit. Plausible. And I mean and the Will Ospreay thing, and I don't want to get too, I don't want to delve too far into this because I'm not qualified enough to talk about it because I don't really know what's going on. But I know there is a particular backlash against Ospreay right now in the IWC. Now I don't know how that translates across. I don't want to say the pond because Tony always buries that. It doesn't. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Because it, it, Japan okay. views things differently. And the fact that the thing that Osprey had most of the blowback for, he was absolved of a few months ago when people came out to say that him and B. Priestley had nothing to do with it, and they were just caught up in it because it was a friend of theirs, and it was a misunderstanding that they didn't blackball anybody, yada, yada, yada. So they, they've been absolved of the initial blowback. There's still bad feelings. Osprey still said some dumb shit over the years. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to... You know, say he's a genius. He's he's a little bit of a dumbass, but he doesn't seem to be a bad guy, and his wrestling has gotten better. So, as a character, as a person, I think he's fine. It, does he have flaws like everybody else? Sure. Are his easier to exploit because they're in the public eye? Public eye? Yes, definitely. But I don't think that can really be used against him too much. I mean, he's a good-looking dude. He puts on good matches. He's you know, he fits the, the Western perspective that, you know, he can speak English and people will gravitate towards him because there's no language barrier, no perception barrier, so to speak. So it works itself out fine. I think the big problem that New Japan had was after Okada's two-year reign, basically, you learned Naito was better chasing. You learned Ibushi was better chasing than holding. Tanahashi is too old. Tanahashi doesn't really have it anymore. So Tanahashi's slowly moving his way down the card. Suzuki is seemingly on his way out because he's not really doing a whole hell of a lot, kind of just being evil murder grandpa, but he doesn't really have anything that he's doing too much of. And you don't have a top of the card like you used to because then Omega and all them leave, and now you've got to try to build it up. And the best way to build it up is big, splashy, hot shots or you know flashy kind of betrayals. So... Evil could be something if they built him correctly. But, you know, now you got Shingo. Shingo is amazing. Shingo is probably the best thing to happen in New Japan in the last two years. God but... damn it. You already know. You know what I'm going to say. You what know you where I've been with him. Say, I, I know you he's know. Thicky Ricardo. I know he's Thicky Ricardo. <laughs> you know how much I love Thicky Ricardo. And I, I thought that this goddamn tournament was going to be an opportunity to elevate his status. Did, Even though, though he he didn't necessarily just because he beat Okada that that's what they thinking. But this was an opportunity to elevate his status, let him win the whole goddamn thing. He didn't necessarily have to win the belt, but now he's going to be viewed as a made of hitter. Now your your comment about Ibushi, I don't know. It, 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 it's hard to judge. It's not fair to judge because of situations and circumstances. Naito, they waited. They waited too long. It was two years too late before they finally decided to strap the belt onto him. You, and you, you can't even argue what I'm saying. You're going to say, oh, no, I see what you're Okada's saying. Long no, they put the belt on him before Okada's long reign. It was just a short reign, and Okada got it back. 
and then they were using Okada as his his roadblock, his hurdle that he couldn't get over. And people like the underdog. If you if you've noticed how a lot of the Japanese cheering goes, they root for the underdog. Sonata is beloved because he's kind of an underdog and he kind of never kind of gets there, so people want to see him get there. Ibushi was the master of the sad puppy fucking look. Like, he'd lose to Nakamura, he'd lose to Okada, he'd lose to Tanahashi, and he'd just fucking come come into the back for the press conference looking all sad and mopey like someone just ran over his fucking dog. And then it's just, it's so easy to be like, I want to hug the pretty Japanese boy. And then when he wins, and it's like, eh. (laughs) Answer this question for me. And, you know, it's 2021, and all these years tend to blur together at this particular point in time. But I You're think two years. <laughs> three. But when Naito had his match at Wrestle Kingdom versus Okada, was Naito not the most popular wrestler? Because they had polls. Yeah. Like, I'm not just whistling Dixie here. They had polls that showed that Naito was the most popular wrestler in Japan. Yes or no? Yeah, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. The problem problem with that argument, though, the problem with that argument is he's still the most popular wrestler in New Japan. LIJ is still the most popular faction. So his popularity never waned. It's just the fact that the perspective changed from the West because it disappeared for six months and came back and did something fuck shit that nobody really agreed with. So it, it, that's a perception. That's a Western perception, you know, whatever, like echo chamber kind of play in your play space in your bubble kind of perspective on New Japan because Japanese still love LIJ. Japanese are still really into Bullet Club and stuff like that, even though people thought it's dead and Jay White's not a good leader. People love Jay White. People love everything that's going on, except I think Evil isn't necessarily beloved by anybody, but generally speaking, Bullet Club and LIJ are still very popular stables. So, did it feel like it was too long? Possibly. But when the revenue doesn't change that much, and he's still winning the popularity contest, and he's still getting all this other stuff... Can you really say they misstepped? Can you? Well, you you kind of proved my point when you said they did some fuck shit. So that that that's, the evil that's, thing that's, is fuck shit, and that's the execution. This whole hot shot, the belt, that's all. I think the evil fuck thing shit. fucked it up. If if it was Kenta, if Kenta won it instead of Evil, you're trying to tell me that wouldn't have been better? If they were just going to flip it three more times after that, yes. If Kenta held it for a month, but it was Kenta and not Evil with Dick fucking Togo who just shows up to hit people in the nuts and fucking use a garrot to choke them out, and then Evil tries to kick you in the balls or something like that and roll you up, because that's literally the only four moves they have at the end of the match. Like, if it wasn't just that kind of bullshit, would that not have been more palatable? No, because that's, again, this is what I said last week, That's man. fine. You're allowed to have a different opinion. I'm just asking questions. You don't say. No way. Oh, I, I sure thank you, boss. But that's the shit I was saying last week, man. Yeah, they, yeah, take tomorrow off. You did a good job, buddy. This <laughs> <laughs> belt, man, and that's what <laughs> fucked the belts over here in the West. It just so happens when they were playing hot potato over here in the West, you had motherfuckers like The Rock like Stone Cold, like Triple H, like Mick Foley, like Undertaker, like Kane, like all-time greats. So it didn't seem like it was devaluing the belt because you had these talented melon farmers. But then fast forward to 20 years later, 
and these belts here in the West don't mean shit. Mm-hmm. And it and, and it pains me to see New Japan repeating the same mistakes that we made over here, which is why shit doesn't matter over here. We'll that's see. that's all I'm saying. That's we'll all I'm saying. You can't even all, all of the major titles in the nineties, all of the major titles had moments where people had zero defenses or thirty day fucking reigns and stuff like that be it all japan when like vader and misawa and kobashi and kawada they had short runs too granted you look at them now as their all-time legends at the time they weren't they were the current roster so it's the same kind of concept new japan hashimoto mudo and ah uh, fuck i can't remember who the other one was but like the, the, there were there was some switching there too where it was like 30 days 45 days 50 days so everything's not built on like 400 day fucking reigns so this isn't unprecedented it's just weird because we saw a fucking two-year run with with okada and you know if we talk about since we talked about noah more last year goshi ozaki held it for a whole year before that kaito kiyomiya held it for a whole year so there's a lot of long reigns built in japanese promotions but there's a lot of fuck shitty stuff where you know people have 30 40 day runs chono's only held the world title once in new japan and that was i think for like 45 or 50 days so think about that the guy that is beloved and one of the figureheads of new japan held it for less than two months which is considered hot shotting if you think about it you know what i mean and with all due respects to tanahashi because he's the melon farmer that saved new japan but you can't tell me during that two-year run that okada had the belt that didn't legitimize new japan and put new japan on the map as the preeminent wrestling company in the world and now they're playing hot potato with that shit like we did out here in the west and they're fucking shit up they're rebuilding they tanahashi's old they lost omega abushi's not a main guy he's a chaser naito's being seen as a chaser plus he's got a lot of injuries we don't okay, know at the moment, that there's, unless Ibushi changes been, his gimmick, current version of Ibushi is not a title. Is not a main guy. Just they like barely current, have fans when he was champion. You can't say that definitively. Mm, you can't. I'm they didn't have sure fans. His his title reign was about as hot as water that's left out for two days. So you you know what I mean? Like it's. Lukewarm doesn't even begin to describe how lame his title fucking run was. Because his win was lame, too. You don't think that has something to do with it? I mean, his his win, or not even the first one, the second one against White, made White a bigger deal than it made Ibushi. The fact that Jay White's promo at the end of the first technical defense made White for the year over Ibushi's first defense, that tells you something right there. Like, White ran with that, and White's amazing, and people... He's, you know, people have come around and people love White, like Jay White. Like, Ibushi, though, Ibushi's done literal fucking nothing with his status. We'll agree to disagree because I feel the same thing about Naito, but we'll be here arguing about this for the next six hours and we got to sure. move on. Sure, uh, sure. Before we move on, I want to get Andrew Belaz's thoughts on tape about the brand new IWGP Heavyweight Championship title belt. There will be no not... there will there will be no replies to this as we have both oh, yeah, already I, had I, I our heard time. Some of so Chris's Andrew, this is all of yours to uh to finish up the topic. The belt is not bad. The belt the belt looks different. The belt definitely has a more modern flair. 
But the belt has aspects of a lot of the previous generations of IWGP belts. The the second generation belt had the, the, the crown on top, which it's a similar kind of design as the current one. The wings have always been there. The IWGP, the 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 gem, the inlay from the fourth generation one, it's all there. Like there's there's enough fun aspects to the belt which you can tell it's an homage. And God damn it, Chris. You're a son of a bitch. You know that, right? <sighs> but anyway, so the belt is fine. I'm still going to have to take some time to get used to it, but it's not bad. It's not as bad as everybody's making it out to be. It doesn't look like the butterfly belt from the Divas Championship, and it's it's uh, it's all right. Like it, It's not the best belt in the world. It'll grow on people, but it definitely makes sense lineage-wise. I swear to God, sometimes most you chair shop metal farmers just be saying shit just to disagree with me. Let's move on. Well, there was there was no response to that, so thanks for chiming in anyway. The response was last week, I suppose. So tune into last week's episode to hear Chris freak out about it. <laughs> Hate it. Mm-hmm. Got that one in there. Let's get this one out of the way. I butt chug salt water all the time. One more. Sodas rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> all right. Speaking of sodas, eh, let's talk about NXT. I don't. That was just a weird transition. I, I do that sometimes. Don't look at me like that. Okay. So, uh, what kind of soda are we going with here? I haven't had soda in like three years. If so, you're gonna do it, do root beer. I, what's better, a root beer float or when you put the Coca-Cola in there with the vanilla ice cream? I don't like vanilla ice cream, so I'm disqualified from this conversation. I don't like root beer, but I like a root beer float. So, so you like it's, it's a... you like chocolate ice cream? So, okay, fair fair enough. Just disclosure. I don't I like ice, ice cream. cream. I don't like ice cream. No, I don't no, like... no. I don't no. like uh, the letter A. I don't like blue skies. I'm not a fan of the sun. It fucking sucks. Yeah, what? Shut up. <laughs> I like ice cream. I'm just very, I'm very conscious of my sugar intake. You know, my mom is diabetic. I have an uncle on my dad's side that's diabetic. So I'm just very, and I, I drink enough alcohol as is. So I'm just very meticulous with my sugar intake. So what is your go-to ice cream treat of choice, even if it's a blizzard or a flavor? I eat ice cream maybe once every four or five years. I like cones. I like cones. I don't like it in bowls. I don't like eating ice cream out of bowls. So if I'm going to do an ice cream, I'll go chocolate almond. Have you ever had a a float before? Is basically the conversation we were trying to have. Not your fucking, you know, weird experience you've had throughout your life with ice cream. And I just told you I don't like vanilla ice cream, Travis. But have you ever had up. a float because you could use more than just vanilla ice cream? Thank you. Could you. Use Rocky Road Thank if you. it really sets you yeah, off. Yeah, I wouldn't. But, but have you say, ever had yeah, a float? Suck Rocky float. Road through a fucking straw. Exactly. Suck Rocky the Goonies Road through a fucking it. straw. To laugh from the Goonies and be like, Rocky Road! Hey, you guys! Hey, you guys! I love Jungle! <laughs> do the dance, do the dance! <laughs> shuffle, shuffle. 
but yeah, so anything like are you just not like big on the any kind of alamode pie or like a float? Like you've never dabbled in that kind of stuff just because you avoid ice cream? I hate pie. Love cakes. Hate pie. Everybody okay, loves Have you ever put ice too. cream on a cake? Because you could do that too. Yeah, everybody loves cakes. I hate because uh, all all when I was growing up, whenever I had a birthday party, we would always get those ice cream cakes. And I feel like my mom did it because she liked it more than I did. I, I, <laughs> I like ice cream. I like cake. I don't need them combined. No, I'm that's good. well, I don't know how re- I don't know if it's regional or if it's global or national or anything like that. But Carvel and the Fudgy the Whale thing, like that was that's big in this area up here. I don't yeah, know how I far think, across. It I goes. think Carvel is national, right? It is na- okay, yeah. Because I the '80s commercials, it made it seem like it was more of a regional thing. Because I think it was started in New York or North Jersey or something like that. But okay, yeah. okay, Prissy Platt, what's your ultimate uh, fucking? <laughs> what's your ultimate dessert experience, brother? You're a tiramisu kind of motherfucker, aren't you? That's what it is. Shut up! You know what I like? Because when I first started cooking, man, I started off making cakes and stuff like that. Like, you know, dessert dishes. <laughs> um, I like brownies, especially with nuts. Love peanut butter cookies. Mm-hmm. Those are probably my top two. And a good, and a good white cake with chocolate icing. Which do I need to finish that statement? Do I need white? to go there? Y'all, y'all already know about uh. No, no. But white as an angel yeah. food or white as in like a pound cake type thing. White pound cake's not white, bro. That's I like... know, but I just I said type thing. I can't even think of what it is off the top of my head because I don't bake that. Like baking is something I avoid like the plague. Is it more of just a regular white sheet cake or an angel food cake? It's more. Like angel food cake is good as well, but you gotta have some pineapples on top. But more white sheet cake with chocolate icing. Okay. Yeah, and the Funko shit is okay as well. You know the white cake with the colors in it. I don't know what it's called. Oh, well, like the, rain- the, the rainbow shit. I and just the sprinkles know Funko made those shitty fucking dolls yeah. that everybody loves. Yeah. I didn't know they made cake yeah. too. So back to floats. Thanks for participating, Christopher Platt. You'll get a you know a parting prize on the way out. Andrew, what was your favorite float? Probably just chocolate. Like I'm, I'm not that difficult when it comes to ice cream because I don't, I don't go crazy for ice cream because I'm more of like a cake and a pie person myself. So whenever there's ice cream, like you know, root beer floats fine. Any kind of just soda, like a, like like an orange cream kind of soda with like a chocolate ice cream or something like that. That's kind of cool. That's that's nice. Because we have we have a little fucking soda shop in the area. I think Stewart's Root Beer is what it's called, but they have other flavors, obviously. And they do they do different kinds of stuff like that. So, give me give me a nice chocolate and something like a cream or like an orange cream. Like that's that's a good time. And you, Tony? Well, what's your favorite overall dessert? Because we got the plats as well. Favorite is probably just devil's food anything, like be it donuts or pie or cake or anything with devil's food is, is always good. Or cheesecake. Those are those are my two. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. Endemins has some nice products in, in all those aspects. They do. Yes. yes, they do. Yes, whether it's the donuts or the coffee crumb cake is excellent mm-hmm. as well. Um, they are. Oh, my God. Those angel food, Endemins donuts, 
<laughs> Those angel food and Miss Donuts. Oh my God! It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's not in the aisle. It's in a display case at the end of the aisle. So, let's just say that also Entenmann's was what Elaine replaced. You know, uh, Peterman's 17th century cake with. That's that's an Entenmann's. It's four dollars and forty cents. So anyway, my still good though. Yes, e- even the chocolate uh, cake with the, the the thick icing that Entenmann's makes. That's pretty fucking good for a box cake. Yes, they do have pretty good products. I will say my favorite float has turned into the vanilla ice cream with the Coca-Cola. I have always mm-hmm. liked the chocolate ice cream with the root beer, the vanilla ice cream with the root beer. It's just a great treat. My favorite dessert of all time, it's an eclair tort. It's got graham cracker on the bottom. It's got vanilla custard. Then it's got more graham mm-hmm. cracker. And then it's got chocolate fudge icing on the top of it. And it's unbelievably phenomenal. I've eaten way too much of that. Speaking of fudge, I forgot about fudge. I fucking love fudge. My aunt makes homemade fudge. I've put uh, shots up of what I get from my aunts at the holidays as far as sweets go. You guys have seen them on Twitter at PZ Tony. So, yeah, word up, man. I mean, and if you like the nuts and the different textures going together because it's a nice it, – it's, it's, if you get a nice piece of fudge, and especially if you like the nuts in it, first you get the, the fudge and the chocolate, and it's not – it's it's not hard to bite into, but it isn't creamy. It's got substance, and then you get to like it's yeah, generally it like a walnut. No, yeah, exactly. A, a walnut goes well with fudge, and 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 it just mm-hmm. beautiful. You get a little crunch with it as well. Yep, agree. Yeah. God, I haven't had fudge. good fudge in a while, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I get some fudge every around Christmas time. I get some fudge, and those goddamn turtles. Oh my <laughs> fucking god, those turtles. All right, gentlemen. That's been the NXT. So that was take- NXT. That's there we the go. N- yeah. Nice. That's the, that has been the <laughs> NXT takeover portion of the show. We recorded this Wednesday. They're almost an hour into the show. We didn't really want to touch on it because of when we were recording. <laughs> this is going up probably as we start night two. Christopher Look Platt, NXT great deliver fudge. What a what a <laughs> phenomenal job you guys of covering NXT tonight. I think that might have been our best conversation of the evening. Christopher Platt, take us home, brother. Pot is war. I forgot that we were even supposed to touch on NXT, but shout out to NXT, man. <laughs> I did that on purpose. It's Mania Week, y'all. This is why we're here. Enjoy it. Okay, yeah, the build's been lackluster. It's going to be good. They're going to have fans. Just enjoy it. Mr. Belaz, welcome back, bro, and it was great to see you. Let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on. I'm still over at the uh, the Twitter at IWC War Chief, and on the chair shot, still covering New Japan. I think AJ is going to start covering Impact because Thursdays are a bad day for me, and they decided to change their fucking day like a bunch of assholes. So yeah, that that's fun. But uh, I think this weekend I'll also be starting to cover the All Japan Champion Carnival because that starts on the ninth. And Matthew is normally going to be doing it, but because his laptop kind of exploded a couple of days ago, I think I'm going to have to step in and cover the first couple of days. So between myself or Matthew or maybe even Val, if I can convince him to maybe do a little bit of something because he's got a nice preview up that just went today or yesterday when you listen to this on Thursday, um, look for some All Japan coverage because All Japan's been a little streaky, a little hit or miss, but... It's a round-robin tournament. You know, Japanese tournaments are usually fun. And it's hard to really go wrong with those. So that should be a good one. 
Tony. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, just know that Andrew is full of shit. If what? he's telling you he's not going to watch WrestleMania this yeah. weekend. But yeah. Mr. Tunney, where can they find you, sir? At the very least, you're ruining the gimmick, goddammit. Anyway. No, what the <laughs> fuck? You can find me at PC Tunney, you all know that. All over the Chairshot Radio Network, which I'm in love with everything everybody's doing. And we are very much supported by all the writing that happens at thechairshot.com. So always use your head and head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot thank you everybody for listening you guys can find me on twitter at the real c plat but more importantly if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot make sure we can keep providing that content day in and day out here at the chair shot and the best way to make sure we can keep providing that content day in and day out here at the chair shot is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up an official chair shot t-shirt all you have to do, folks, is peruse the website, and I guarantee you're going to find something that you like. So, again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up a shirt. Make sure we can keep doing this. Please and thank you, thank you, and please remember TheChairShot.com. We're not just a website. We're a movement. I just wanted to give a last shout-out to the, the the brand new marathon man, and he and he's just begun his marathon uh, AJ Velaz is, is is all four days of, of WrestleMania week, NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, and WrestleMania Nights 1 and 2, so make sure you're checking out AJ's coverage there. Mm-hmm. Check it out, but he's like 16. He ain't got shit else to do. But shout out to AJ, and make sure you check out all of his coverage and everything that he does. He is a very talented writer, and he's a talented podcaster as well. Shout out to him. He filled in and held it down like an anvil on a seesaw during our media madness anthology series which you also need to check out right 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 correct i, th- I think you got that across a couple times that was said at least twice tonight media madness <laughs> okay cool media madness media madness so should this this episode just be potty's war watch media madness or listen to media madness is that what we should just get across as the title i don't know I'm, I'm, it should I'm, be i'm quite preferable to that wasn't shoot paint that's that's good too that is good too seriously y'all this is why we watch this shit it's wrestlemania week yeah the bill's been whack i know you're looking at some of the matches like Whatever. It's still Mania. You watch the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if it's uh, the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars versus uh, the L.A. Sharks from any given Sunday. You're still going to watch. It's still Mania. A Cleveland Browns would have been an appropriate reference there. Fuck you, Tony. Enjoy it. It's Mania week. This is why we do this. Enjoy Mania. Grill. Cook some good food. Have some good people over. Sit back relax and enjoy can we do that as a family IWC please and thank you thank you and please but seriously for the commissioner PC Tunney Andrew my brother welcome back I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes Christopher Platt we'll see you guys next week right here same Platt time same Platt channel until then shalom enjoy mania hit it curly
Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.